Welcome to the Peak Community Church Podcast, where weekly messages are available for your hearing. We got to stop being such pattern people. Because there's so many people that we got to reach that don't fit our pattern. So I have to honestly say that I don't even know how God's going to use me this morning, for real, for real. But we want to start first by um, um, asking fathers. So if you can just work with me, I need fathers just to stand. All fathers stand. Hallelujah. And there's some fathers just father figures. You may not have children, but you've... You fathered other men some kind of way. You've been right there for men and families and and young men along the way. You've been there for them. So I'm going to ask you to stand also. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What our world is missing is fathers. That's why we're in the mess that we're in. Because fathers have not fathered their children. I didn't think I was going to start getting loud already. Hey, glory. (laughs) Hallelujah. Good Lord, have mercy. I see some of my children. (laughs) But my point is this, is that this promise is in the word of God. And this book is not about all spiritual. It's a book of family. For God so loved the world. He gave his son. Why? Because he wanted us to come into the family. We're going to be talking about a family today and how God chose a family to reveal himself to people. But at the same time, the promise for that family is also for us today because of Christ. If you're in Christ, God's promise is on your life. Trust me. And I don't care how ugly things have gotten for you. God's promise, God's word is yay and amen. It may take a minute to catch up. I don't like ketchup, I like Tabasco. But it may take a minute to catch up. But when it catches up, it will overtake you and you'll come into your fullness of what God has intended for you as a man or as a woman. But I'm talking to fathers today. Don't look at all the failures and the lack of success. God is not a failure, and he's extremely successful. He's, he's, he's waiting for us to come to him and yield to him so he can begin to do what he had intended from the very beginning to do. That we be the head. I know we say it, but that we really be the head and not the tail. But you have to grow into that. Hello? Praise the Lord. So what I want to do is this. If you have any children, you fathers that are out there, and your child is next to you, we're going to take a moment and pray for them. Because I know they got to go to Sunday school. But you know what? Oftentimes we send them out, but they need to be in the room for a minute. Hello, somebody. Just a minute. So just a minute. We just want, if your child is in the room, get next to your father. All right? And then there are those in our midst, which was my situation. I didn't have a father. But I had father figures. 
I see a brother right here that, that came to support me this morning. He's not a father, but he's been a father figure. And every air glory, every time we, we do ministry in the shelter, he's there. Man, I, I, I call him my glove. Huh? You got that? Yeah, anybody got that glove that just fits your hand real good? Come on, somebody, please. Huh? You know what I'm talking about? Huh? You play baseball and you got that one glove, man. That mitt. Oh, good. That's my mitt. This brother's like a mitt to me. He just fits so good. But he's always there to meet the need of broken people. So this, if this family today, they don't have that father... Come on, Paul. You're supposed to be on duty now. Look for him. Hallelujah. We're going to be a father figure to you today. Hallelujah. Because that's what God did for me. He gave me father figures when I didn't have a father. And I didn't always understand it back then. And they weren't saved, but he used men in my life to help me to become the man I am today. But you know what? I stepped up my game. Why? Because when I came to God and recognized he was my heavenly father, it was a whole nother level. Hello, somebody, please. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So even before we start preaching, we want to take time and let fathers do what they do. Fathers bless their children. Hey, glory. And if your child is not here, you pray anyhow. Pray over them. If you ever met my kids, you will see how blessed I am and how blessed they are. Why? Because I laid hands on them. I prayed for them. Come on, begin to pray. I begin to speak into their lives that God will fulfill the purpose and the plans that he has for them. Jesus. God bless our children. Hey, glory. Bless our children. Father, give us wisdom to be the fathers that we need to be today. That we might be a blessing to the men in our lives, to the children in our lives, to the broken pieces of our lives. God, that you restore and heal and deliver. Bless. Bless our children. They might become the men and women of God that you desire for them to be. Help us as fathers to speak life into their lives. And I speak over this congregation. I speak over the, the fathers of this house. That you would cause them to step up their game and become fathers to the fatherless. Fathers to the brokenhearted. Fathers that will restore the brokenness of our communities, our cities, our country, and our world. That we might be the examples of what it is to be a loving father. Without you, we can't do that. But with you, we can do that and so much more. In Jesus' name. Hey, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, fathers. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. And I know you have Sunday school, so I, I don't know how that's done, but you, I guess you dismiss. You need to do something. Amen. Now, fathers, um, we have uh, something for you this morning. All right. So, air glory. Uh, so, we want... Um, Eunice to come. All right. Daddy's being daddy over there. Come on, daddy. Hey, glory. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, Jesus. 
You see, it's not a game with me. It's real. And I pray that he will cry even more. Hey, Jesus. Because when God gives us a cry and a heart for people, we're not shame of shedding tears because we know it's just we become a conduit and we get the heart of God for broken people and men do cry. Go ahead, Daddy. Uh, we got gifts or something here? Oh, what? what, is, what? I don't even know. Yeah. Praise God. It's all different up here today. How about this? Um, I'd like to invite the dads. Can, can, we, can, can we get the dads to just come up here? I want to give an opportunity and a blessing to bless you. Amen. Um, for the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Spiritual fathers, physical fathers. Come on. You have a calling on your Hallelujah. life. There's a young man that you know you're speaking Hallelujah. into. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to have an opportunity just to bless you here this morning. If you could stand up here in the front and face the congregation. It's one of the things that we do is we like to impart. Uh, how many people know that impartation is a, an important part of Scripture? Yes. It's an important teaching. We're, we're able to transfer. There's a transference of blessing yes. that we're able then to speak life. Yes. Even in the midst of death. We're able to bless and extend ourselves. And this morning, I want to bless the fathers. Amen? Thank you, Father. We're, we're presenting you with a gift this morning. There's an item there. It's a pen. And it's about godly men. And there's also a keychain with a reminder of who you are. God is our guide. He establishes our steps. And congregation, if you would just extend your hand forward. Lord, Heavenly Father, we just pray your blessing upon the fathers that you have brought into this house. I pray, O oh Father God, that you would give wisdom, discernment. I pray, Father God, that your word would permeate through every thought process and every emotion within their hearts. I pray, God, that they would be men of discipline, integrity, and character that would stand for your name, would not compromise the content of your word. I pray, oh God, that they would be ministers, preaching always, but using words only when necessary. Let your light so shine in and through them, I pray, oh Father God. And I ask, Father, for the divine appointments biological fathers to become spiritual fathers to look upon their communities and upon their neighbors to be able to extend themselves and pour out what you've poured in i pray oh god your anointing to flow upon the men of god within this house and bring forth oh god a transformation of this community if you're going to start somewhere god why not here and if you're going to start sometime oh god why not now? We pray it right now in the authority and the unction of Jesus' mighty name. God's people say amen, amen and amen. God bless you, gentlemen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, um, like I said, don't get comfortable with what you're used to about me. I'm going to do something different. And I need some help. If my kids were here, they'd say he need a lot of help. 
Lord Jesus. I guess my kids are here. Seriously, I need you to help me out, and I need three fathers right now. Please come quickly. I need three fathers. Come quickly, come quickly, come quickly. Come on, fill up the seats. There's three seats up here. I need three fathers. Okay? Come on, help me out. I see you moving. Here glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's all right. Listen, I got a slow walk too, but it's a show walk. Come on, baby. Amen. Now, I'm going to kick Brother Paul off the chair because he's, he's the father of this house. So I need somebody else. There's another, another father. Oh, give me another father. I need another father. I want my father. I want my father. Please. Just want my father. One more. Just, hey, glory. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. I never knew I could do that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. And we're not looking here to and, and, uh, embarrass nobody, but um, this is what it's about. Even spontaneously, men stepping up. We got to step up, and it's got to be, it can't be always scripted. It's got to be spontaneous. So what the Lord did is he spontaneously had these panelists of fathers, and they're going to help me with uh, a, a little uh, a quiz in a sense. But it's very simple. Poor guys, they don't know what they got themselves into. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You have your mic? You do now. Hey, glory. <laughs> Let me hear you say something. Hello. Ah, yeah. Can I hear you say something? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How about you? Amen. Amen. Okay. All right, bro, brother Paul. I, who has a watch? I need somebody with a watch. There you go. Can you? Are you good with that watch? One minute. One minute. That's it. Can you do that? What's your name, man? Michael, that's my brother's name. I can't forget that. All right. So, Michael, when I ask him this question, they only get one minute. When the minute's up, you stand up. That means they got to sit down. I'm preaching, not them. Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm, and you all three got to give an answer. But these are easy questions, though. Okay. So here's a question. And you all three got to give an answer. And no answer is wrong. But it's out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. And these are very... Should be very easy questions. What is it that you like most about being a father? Serving. Serving who? My family. Praise the Lord. Man, his time. He, I guess he's giving his time to somebody else. Hey, go! And caring. Caring? What do you mean by that? Caring for my children. Um, caring for my uh, children's friends and family. And uh, just children around me. Praise the Lord. Praise yeah. the Lord. So let's give Myron a hand, first of all. And your name, brother? Julio. Julio! Give him a hand. Come on. Hallelujah. Brother? Be an example. Be an example. And how do you do that? Mike. By the life I live. Praise the Lord. And your name, sir? Cornelius. Cornelius. Come on. Give it up. 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 What I like, I'm, I'm part. Can I get a stand up for me too? Oh Lord! Each individual. That's all they get. If they start talking past a minute, including me, you stand up. I gotta sit down. So, what I like about being a father is that it's it's the trips I took with my kids, and I wasn't a normal guy. I call cows 
horses and horses, cows, but I made them think. And we laughed and we thought, and, and then I took them on rides and it was a roller coaster ride from one place to another. You would think they were at Playland. And I love my hugs. That's what I like about being a father. All right, second question. How'd I do? He didn't stand up. You know, that's, that's not easy for me. Uh, all right, so second question is this. What do you like least about being a father? Cornelius. Wow. Your time is running. For real. Mic up. The example that I lived before I came to Christ, that they followed, that they, they, they saw, and the difference in that and now. That's what I like least. I think that's the one of my biggest hurts because I didn't reach them when they were young, and it's more difficult now that they're older. Hey, glory! But let me explain something to you. Without, hey, come on, come on. That's big. That's big. You never stop being a father, and I'll, I'll tell you the answer for that right now. Prayer. Chase after them with your prayers. Chase after your children with your prayers and watch and see what God will do. Hey, glow! If you take an egg and go home and squeeze that egg, what you gonna do? Come on, somebody, talk back to me. You're gonna make a mess. But if you take that egg, meaning your child, and hold them up to God and pray, God in heaven will reach that child through your prayers. I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to preach. But Cornelius, let me man, that was big, brother. That was really big. What do you like least, Ira? Myra? Uh, I would say, uh, I would say selflessness. Sometimes as a dad, uh, you're given so much and uh, only, only God knows in your, and you know what you've either given up or what you've sacrificed, or the time that you put in, and the selflessness uh, that uh, sometimes you f you know you, f you feel like you're gonna have a pity party about yourself, but you realize that that's what I'm called to do. That it's not about me; it's about my family. It's about just going the extra mile for them and giving them the best uh, the best that I have. And, and sometimes you know it. Sometimes it weighs on you a little bit. That's big. Come on, come on. Come on. Julio. Uh, for me, um, fear of my children not excelling. Uh, if they do not excel, I, I feel it deeply. Uh, it, it's something that weighs on me, and if I can't help them, I feel like a failure, and I don't like to fail. Nobody does, um, but when they don't excel, I don't excel. And so it's like an example of uh, uh, who I can be as a father. Um, yeah, just basically fear of them not losing them, because we, we, we feel that a lot, and we see it in our community. You know, being involved in the boys' club for many years, I sort of mentor many younger kids coming around. And uh, it's something that, for me, I, 
I constantly preach to my grandchildren. Uh, uh, sorry. Ain't he straight? But God is a God of order. And he said what he said, but he began to say it over and over again. And I want to speak to something. Fathers are not perfect. But we have a perfect father that we can go to and get the right information we need to do a better job. Hello, somebody. You are not a failure. And fear should get out of your life because that's not of God. We learn from our mistakes. Come on, somebody, please. And if you don't, you're just holding yourself back from your success. Because part of success is failure. We wouldn't have a phone today if Alexander Graham Bell didn't fail so many times before he got it right. Come on, somebody, please. Don't be afraid to fail. When we don't try, we've already failed. When we don't even try, we've already failed. Keep trying. Keep trying to do your best with what you got. But you see, you have something available to you. You have all of heaven to help you and assist you. All you got to do is tap in. Hello, somebody. Don't be afraid to fail. And don't let fear, which is of the devil, grip your heart. Because greater is he. Perfect love. Perfect love. Perfect love casts out all that fear. Amen? Amen? I say it, but I preach it, and I'm praying. That was at the same time. How about oh. that? Hallelujah. Hey, you all like this? All right, last one is this. Uh-oh. <coughs> Mine was uh, being too busy that I didn't spend enough time with my kids. Doing good, providing for them, working hard. But I wish I had more time. I wish I spent more time just enjoying them jokers. Now I'm in Georgia, so I got to come back and see my grandkids. And you know what happened? Them jokers abused me. <laughs> and I have to take it like a man. Because I'm gone so long that when they come here, they say, oh, boy, we're going to get it all in. And they do. And I go back sore, but I love every bit of it. Spending time. I didn't spend enough time with my kids. Not to say that I didn't. I just had a hard time balancing that and business, ministry, and other things. Okay, last question is this. And I got to read my notes because I forgot what that one was. Hello. Praise the Lord. Okay, so the last question was, here it is. Um, what would you, what, be your, what would be your greatest reward um, as a father for your children? What would be your greatest reward? And we'll start with Julio this time. Mike, Mike. Yeah, I'm e each your mic, no, each your mic. I I'm repeating the question. I just want to make okay. sure. I what would be your greatest reward as a father concerning your children? That they uh, leave a legacy of making a difference 
in people's lives. Is it Mike? No, no, no. Julio. Julio and Cornelius. Cornelius. Sorry. Thank you, sir. Sorry. Cornelius, what would be your greatest reward concerning your children? My greatest reward would be to see all my children come to Christ because I constantly tell them you don't lose anything, but you gain everything. And that's from my experience coming to Christ. Come on, man. What okay. you got? Okay. Uh, yeah, I would say my greatest reward would be, uh, would be that, I would, that I would see my kids uh, achieve all their dreams, their goals, that they would dwell in the house of God forever, that their seed would be mighty on the earth, that they would, uh, that they would honor, the, the, that they would honor God with, with their gifts and just be everything that every dream that they have, everything that they want to do in their life, that they would just, that they would go for, go for it. Just, just go for it and do whatever it is that you want to do in your life. That was Bill. And mine would be, mine would be, I just want to see my kids succeed. I've been in business for almost 40 years now, and all my kids didn't have a choice. They worked with me. They worked for me. They got paid, too. Oh, they didn't get no allowance. No allowance in my house. You're allowed to stay there. That's what your allowance was. Hey, <laughs> You need some cheddar? You need some shoes? Come to work. And they learned the value. And today, they're all successful in their own rights. They're all different but they're successful. And I tell you what, the Bible says I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And I know that may not be the right application, but to see my kids at this stage succeeding in life, oh, good Lord Jesus, I'm good. But it came from preparation. You got to put the work in. I prepared them for that. And where I didn't do things right, God's going, he's going to compensate because the Holy Spirit is my helper and I send the Holy Spirit to finish the work. Come on, somebody, please. Right, on. Hey, would you give our panelists a round of applause? Thank you so much, man. Appreciate you, your time. Appreciate you for coming up here. Hope I didn't embarrass you at all. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Myron as well. Amen. Now, we still have three seats up here, so... Um, Let's get to some words. Hey, hey, did you like that? Was that different? I hope you got something out of that. I think sometimes we get too preachy that we don't speak about real issues of what we're really going through in everyday life as fathers. And what troubles us sometimes where we feel like we've failed. And how many of us hasn't failed? Come on, somebody, please. When we take our failures, our brokennesses, our mistakes... And give it to him. Hello, somebody. And he, and he said, if you can, listen, I, I know this may, apply, this may or may not apply. But he said, if you confess your sin, your failure, your fault, 
to God. He'll forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. In other words, the eraser comes out. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. All right, so I'm going to ask the fathers of this house to join me up front, please. Amen. Father, uh, Father, listen, not father with a clergy cloth, but father, daddy of this house. Rob, would you join us over there? And, and father, uh, brother Paul, uh, uh, Uncle Paulie, y'all call him. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Amen. And Gina would be here, but so we'll, we'll leave a mic drop. For him. No. I'm humbled and I'm proud. Not pride that caused Satan to fall, but I'm proud to have sons that are not talking about ministry, but they're doing ministry. Every week, Zeno's in the prison making an impact in broken men's lives. Now, you know, that joker, he don't even show for church right. <laughs> what the heck? What did I do wrong? But you see, I didn't know Gino until a few years ago. But he's doing something that I did 30 years ago. Maybe even 35 because I lose numbers, you know what I'm saying? But I'm going to say closer to 35 years ago, I was coaching football. And I got me some big, ugly dudes. I mean, they just, I, they, I went to a funeral and all these, stand up, come on, come over here. Lord, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Somebody get me an ax so I can chop this tree down, please. <laughs> good Lord, have mercy. You're looking good too, huh? Hey, good. <laughs> but I'm just using them as an example, even though we were, I have, did some impacting in his life as well, thank God. His father's a good friend of mine and taught his father a few things and then after a while his father wouldn't hire me anymore because I taught him too much. So I can't even make money off his father anymore. In other words, we got people who have their own businesses and we have men who have been impacted. Now they're impacting others. And I went to a funeral recently, at, not recently, a few years ago, and in that funeral I was late getting there. The place was packed. And look, you know, gave my respects in the overflow area. But when I finally got to the casket and look, you know, gave my respects, it was about four or five guys looking down at me and say, hey, brother Melvin. And I said, Lord, if, I re if they remember what I did, oh, I'm in trouble now. What I'm saying is this, is that we impact people for good or for bad. And I didn't even... In the beginning, didn't know the Lord when I coached it. But I got saved later, and I was coaching for a while. But you impact lives, and you know, Gino needs to be here because he's part of the leadership. But what impact, what impact could he be making in the lives of others that don't even come to church? Come on. We got to stop being so judgmental. But at the same time, we got to make sure we hold on to, to our convictions in God and take it out of here and touch someone else's life that we can make an impact. Please. Mm -hmm. 
run out of here and do something for the boys club even more. So what you can't move as fast, neither can I. Hello, somebody. But I'm still moving for Jesus, making an impact everywhere I go. Keep it up, my brother. Don't be short on that. So we're going to read a portion of scripture concerning a family. And you're going to hear some stuff in here that wasn't all good, but not all bad. Hello, somebody. Because that's how real life is. Come on, somebody. It's good, it's bad, and sometimes it's downright ugly. Excuse me. Is God different when it's ugly? Same God in the ugliness of life. He's right there to help us navigate through the ugliness. Hello, somebody. And don't get all puffy when it's good. Oh, thank you. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all that. No, no, no. If it wasn't for God. Come on, somebody. Here they go. So it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. God is still God. I'm sorry. Let me go back over here and sit on my stool. <laughs> so, Brother Paul, would you please read? Uh, we're going to the book of Genesis. And we're going to look at a conversation concerning a family. And usually I would say stand, but would you bow your hearts before the Lord that you might hear what Daddy God is saying to us in and through his word? Listen, you, you don't have to bow your, and close your eyes. Just bow your hearts in a place of humility that you're hearing God speak as we read his word. Brother Paul, read. Yes, Genesis chapter 48. Genesis chapter 48. And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one that told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me in Luce, in the land of Canaan, and blessed me, and said unto me, Behold, I will make uh, thee fruitful, and multiply thee, and I will make of thee a multitude of people, and will give the land of thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt before I came unto thee into Egypt, are mine. As Reuben and Simon, they shall be mine. And thy issue, which thou begettest after them, shall be thine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. And as for me... When I came from Paden, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan in the way, when yet there was but a little way to come unto Ephrath, and I buried her there in the way of Ephrath, the same is Bethlehem. And Israel beheld Joseph's sons and said, Where are these? Who are these? I'm sorry. And Joseph said unto his father, They are my sons whom God hath given me in this place. 
And he said, Bring them, I pray thee unto me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for age, so that, so that he could not see. And he brought them near unto him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face, and lo, God showed me also thy seed. And Joseph brought them out from between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand, toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near unto him. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hand willingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And the blessed, and he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my father Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life unto this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil blessed these lads and let my name be upon them and the name of my father Abraham and Isaac let them grow unto a multitude in the midst of the earth. Amen. If you don't take time to read the word of God, you won't get the full context. But we read this that you get some level of context of this portion of scripture to understand that Isaac was getting old. And his sight got dim. Julio, his step got shorter too, you know. But he was still strong in his inner man. That's where we should be living our lives. The inner man. And getting secure in who we are in God in spite of our bodies. So mother laid out on the floor during the worship service. Good God Almighty. What's wrong with her? Her inner man ministering to God and God ministering to her in a place of sweet communion with God. Am I talking wrong? Excuse me. We got to get to that inner man stuff going on. Because this outer man is perishing. It's dying. And glory. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Don't shake my hand. I might hurt you. Hey, been carrying a hammer for 40 years. The hand is strong. Try, try, try it if you want, babe. Come on, what you got? What you got? Huh? What you got? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I took it easy on the kid, too. <laughs> but my back and my knees. Good Lord Jesus. Hey. Dying, but yet. Confession. It's the fact of the matter. We are dying, but yet we're living. The God in me is big. <laughs> Bigger than you, buddy. Bigger than you and your brother, too. <laughs> his, brother, his brother is bigger and wider than he is. 
And if you were at church in my, in my former church in White Plains where Paul and I come from, I shook his hand last week and I put something on him and he still remembered that Brother Melvin still got some hands. But Joseph was sold into slavery by his own brothers, if you know the story. Anybody know the story? And if you don't know the story, I tell you what, even if you do know the story, go back and read it again. And found, find out that this was a jacked up family. Because Isaac, his name is Caniva, thief. His name, that's what Isaac means, thief. Caniva, deceiver. Come on, con artist type dude, come on. That's what his name means. But when God touched his life, the inner man, God said, no, no, you're no longer Isaac. You're now Israel. When God gets a hold of us and he touches us, he changes us to who we are supposed to be rather than who we were. Come on, somebody. Rather than who we were. Hey, glory. God's hand upon your life took you from what you was to make it to who you are. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm, I'm trying to behave. I'm supposed to be sitting in my seat. Let me go over here where I belong. But God is a transforming God. And part of that transformation is not just for me, but it's for my seed. It's for your seed, dads. And even though our, our fathers are no longer with us, your heavenly father, you'll never be without a father. Never. You know, I'm just so messed up, and I, I, I just get emotional. But you know why? Because these are my daughters. They adopt, they, their mother and father adopted me as a grandfather. Come on. Hey, glory. Jesus. And I still want to run over there and hug them. But you know what? That's where I have a hard time because I never had a hug as a kid. I don't know. So I got to force myself and make myself to even hug my own children because it's not in my personal nature, but my God nature. I want to squeeze everything I can find. Come on, yeah. Hey, glory, 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 Even a knucklehead. Glory, glory, glory. But in the dimness of his sight, in the frailty of his body, a father laid hands on his son. As a matter of fact, I think it says in verse, uh, uh, verse uh, 15, it says, and he blessed Joseph. Now hold it. Joseph was his last, second to last son. But the primary purpose of this scripture was not blessing Joseph, but he first blessed Joseph. And the scriptures did not tell us how he blessed Joseph. He was there to bless his children's children, his seed, his grandchildren. What? You see this dude over here a few times when I came back, but he said, you got grandchildren. I said, what? I had to say what? But you know what? If I may, in a sense, you're my grandchildren. For those who are under this man, you're my grandchildren. I take that seriously. 
And there's a responsibility attached to being grandfathers. Come on, somebody. Being fathers is a responsibility. It's a responsibility to train up your children in the ways that you go that when they're old. And that don't mean age. It's time to grow up. It's time to mature. So we can equip our kids to go out and be successful in life. Come on, somebody. Not just in life, but in God. You can succeed in life and make a lot of money, but if you don't have your spiritual compass, Come on. that's what we got today, my fathers. If you don't got your spiritual compass right, you can succeed financially and fail spiritually and die for eternity. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry, that, that was too tight. That was tight right there. That's real. That was really tight right now. Would to God that we work out our soul, our spirit, salvation with fear. That's a reverence fear, not a fright fear. Just because we're saved is not over. That's the beginning of this thing. We got to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we got to be wise enough that some we can speak boldly. And the others you got to be so gentle to. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. There are broken children out there, and some of them need a stiff word, but some of them need a quick hug. Fathers, let's be sensitive to the needs of those around us. Fathers of communities, of men, let's be sensitive to those that God has entrusted unto us. That we won't be one way with all of our children. We'll be sensitive to the need of each and every child. And how can we do that? I tell you what, you go into your prayer closet, Father, 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 and pray for your children individually, and he'll show them, show you their personalities and how you should minister to this one. Hello, somebody, please. You don't get that. You got to learn that. So as a father, I'm just letting you know I failed at that. I failed. But in my failure, I learned, and God turned that thing around. What I'm saying is this. I treated all my children exactly alike. I didn't understand the significance of their individuality. And my whole point is this. My eyes are a little dim. My step a little slower, but don't touch my hand. You want some more of this? You sure? Come on, baby. I got some left. I got some left. Huh? Let me get a real man. Huh? He got a little grip. Yeah, he got a little grip. I like that. Let's get a grip on God so we know how to touch each and every one that we come across in our life. Hello, somebody. So Joseph, the blessing wasn't, the purpose of this scripture was not for, for Joseph. It's more or less for his grandchildren. But God first blessed Joseph. And I don't know if anybody saw us in the back over there. But something happened. And we started praying for a minute back there. Why? Because there's an impartation that God wanted for these fathers of this house. And I pray that God would give them a greater anointing of fatherhood. Hey, Jesus. To restore a broken city, a broken generation, broken families. God is a restorer of that. He wants to put it back together because Humpty Dumpty messed up. 
He fell. And what a mess. Look at us. We're a mess. But God can put this thing back together. And he uses fathers. And I thank you for being flexible. Listen, listen, listen. A real father will prepare his children for life and then let them lead. I'm trying to come here and trying to control this house. No. But I did ask for liberty, and he gave me liberty. So we changed a little bit of order of your service, and we had the children stay for a minute because it was significant for you as fathers to begin to learn to lay your hands on your children. Hey, come on, that's all right. Verse 16. No, no, no. It is verse 16. No, what did he lay hands on, Joe? Good Lord. No. Bless Joseph, his father, and even Isaac, and God, which led me. No, no, no. Uh, 14. Is it 14? Right. Thank you. And, you know, I got it right in front of me. Get a chuckle. It's okay. Somebody got it. Somebody chuckle at me. I'm dyslexic. I can have things right in front of me and can't see it. Don't chuckle like that. <laughs> and it used to be a very, it used to be a major embarrassment for me. See, my childhood was not normal. I, I didn't go to first grade until I was 11 years old. I didn't do anything wrong. But I had a, and the, message, the title of this message, by the way, is A Father's Touch. And I refused to show everybody but I still got marks on my body from the touch that I got from my father. But I came to understand that he did the best he could do with what he knew. And I came to understand that today we understand what this PTS what? PTSD. Yeah. That traumatic syndrome is real. And you got, even last week, I think it was three police officers took their own life in New York City because of the stress, whatever the stresses were. And then when you're going to battle and you're, you're seeing, Lord, this, gra this graphic, but we're growing in here, right? When you see broken body parts over there, there's nurses in the house, so they understand. And they're, they're trained for this to learn how to grieve and, and deal with the, the brokenness of death. Hello, somebody. But when you go to the battles and you see a broken party part there and a broken party part there and you're actually trained to kill people, this is strong talk. It affects you some kind of way. And it affected my father that they didn't, they didn't label it back, they didn't label it well back then. And he flipped every once in a while and we became the objects of his flip. So in a way of protecting me, God allowed me to be placed in an institution. Now I can flip that around and say, I went to the institution, I didn't grow up my family, and I didn't lose my brothers and sisters. I was away from all. And you know what? I cried like that for a while too. But when I became to understand that God had his hand on my life, good Lord have mercy. 
And just like he took Moses and put him in a bulrush because Pharaoh said, kill all the male children. Come on, somebody, please. God protected me, but he also allowed me to go through that, that I would have a certain level of empathy and understanding for those who have not had a good start at the starting line. Hello, somebody. But I graduated college and I was bored because the gift in me was greater than the imperfection of dyslexia. So I was actually right here and I couldn't see it. And by the way, just for your... I even outlined the thing in orange. Will you be honest enough about your flaws? And not let them be the rule over you, but you rule over them. I read my, my Bible so much that I get it so much in my spirit that it doesn't matter for me to look at it. I gotta, that's why I have readers. But I can read. Let me tell you what. I stay up night after night and I spend hours reading the word of God till it gets to not just to my head, but to my spirit. Can we get this word in? So that when you're out on the bus and you don't have your Bible, you can spit the word of God. Word of God, line by line, precept by precept, because you got it in you. So, if you'll forgive me in my dyslexia, oh, <laughs> it's really a strength, not so much a weakness when you learn how to use it right. So, thank you, Lord. So, I, and what I got to do is slow down. So, and Israel stretched out his hand, his right hand. You're supposed to be on my right, by the way. I am on your right. Good Lord Jesus. And God is my witness. I'm dyslexic. I cannot even, my poor wife, she says, which way to turn? I don't even say it. I just point it. Because I can say right and point left. He's, he's not walking in faith. He's not walking in trust. Let me tell you what. Yes, I am. Moses had help. Come on. Come on. Miriam. Who? <laughs> the point that I'm making is this, is that don't look at the mistakes as well as looking to God that's success in you. And then compensate and slow it down, Melvin. And here it is. It says this, and Israel, meaning his name was Jacob. He was a conniver. He was a thief. He was a con artist. He was a ripoff. You know, he ripped off his brother's birthright. But the point is this, Israel stretched out his right hand. Thank you, Jesus. I got it right this time. Hey, glory. And, and, and laid it upon Ephraim. He touched his son. And then he stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Manasseh. Oh, let me go be fair to all my sons. And each son needs a different touch. Each son, each daughter needs a different touch. And you won't know how to do that unless you get on your knees and ask Father to give you wisdom on how to raise this child. Huh. I messed up. I got strong kids. Paul will tell you. He knows my kids. Matter of fact, Daddy Rob met my daughter. 
Oh, she's a joy. I'm scared of her. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> she's so much like her daddy, it's mess. But she's extra. But where she works and what she does, she is so on the top of her game. She needs to be extra. Hello? My son, he's just chill. My son's just cool. Big, wide body, and he's chill. He helps daddy to bring it down. Hello, somebody. Because he talks low and quiet. Joy, like daddy. Do this, do that, do that, do that. And she gets it done. People listen. Why? Because she's a leader like that. My son's a quiet leader, but strong. And I so love my daughter, Brandy. She is so sweet. You can drop an atom bomb in front of her, and she would say, praise the Lord. <laughs> and mean it. But not being phony about it. She's just confident in praising the Lord. And I had to learn them. I didn't do that well in the beginning. And this conniver, in the beginning, he was a conniver. But in the end of the life, God used him to bless his children and his children's children. Why? Because the blessing that's upon the father will, or the curse. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The blessing or the curse. Come here, man. Yeah, you. I saw you when you came in. I was trying to figure out, who is this guy? Didn't I ask you? I asked someone else. Come on, daddies. Y'all work with me. If you're in the spirit, you're going to work with me. What's your son's name? Come on, bring him out. See, I got some folks working with me because they have their hands stretched already. Out there, not here. Work with me if you're in the spirit. If you, listen, don't let me force you. Don't let me manipulate you. But if you're in this, you'll catch something. The sins of the father falls on the sons to the third and fourth generation. In other words, they're going to follow in his raw, wrong footsteps. But when God gets in the mix, Jesus. When, when Isaac's, when Jacob's name was turned into Israel, God got in the mix and changed his character and made him to become Israel, which means a prince with God. So, Father, we speak to the past failures. Come on, stand. Man. Stand, Jesus. <laughs> And we bind the works of the past failures. We thank you for the promise of Abraham that's upon his life. That his seed and his seed seed. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It doesn't matter where we start. It's how we finish. It doesn't matter of the brokenness. It's how God can restore. God wants to do a work.
So, Father, help us step into the right place at this right time to do a right work that only you get glory for. Jesus. Hey! Hey! He takes the failures and he, we take ourselves just as we are and lay ourselves on the altar before God. He will change our character. He'll change our name. And then we will be a blessing rather than a curse to many. God is looking to use us to bless. Hallelujah. Hey, glory. Hallelujah. Just Hallelujah. Hey, glory. Glory, 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 glory. God. There's so much to say. I don't even know which way to go. But I'll tell you today. When God touched me. Nobody else was in the room, but I felt him touch me. And I forgave my father because I didn't understand as a child. But I understand now, God allowed me to go through all that so I could understand the brokenness of men, of children, and how God wants to heal the brokenhearted amongst us. He wants to restore the brokenness in our cities. God wants to do a work and he needs hands. He needs feet that would go into the highways and byways and touch stones that stand in need of a father's God help us to be fathers in this time of so much confusion in our culture, in our city, in our world, help us to be fathers that you can use with a father's touch. That will make a difference. Hey, glory. If you need a touch this morning, not from Brother Melvin, if you need a touch from God, would you come quickly? We just want to touch you that God will bless you to be all that you're supposed to be for him. Come quickly. We don't want to waste your time. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Just stretch out, stretch out, stretch out. Stretch it right, stretch it out, push it over, push it over. Hallelujah. Hey, glory. Hey, glory.
I'm not even doing the work that I would enjoy. I love building. I love fixing things. God created me like that. And I, I'm good with my hands. He put something in me. But he's changing something. And I'm not comfortable with it. But I'm allowing him to work and change. I'm doing something that I don't like. I'm driving Uber. Oh, God. But in the midst of my transition, God is using a cup that souls are being saved in the Uber car. There are Catholic people. There are people who don't... The Peak Community Church is a young, vibrant, life-giving church in the heart of Peekskill. Come and visit us on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. at the historic Elks Club, 1038 Brown Street. Thank you for listening.